Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hey girl, welcome to the She Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, thanks for hitting play. Thanks for hanging out with me. This is a great episode to start off with, so good choice. If this is not your first time tuning in, welcome back. It is so good to have you here. Man, I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode, y'all. Like this is fire. And I think no matter where you are in your journey, if you have any dream bottled up in your heart or anything you've been wanting to pursue, this is the episode for you. If you've struggled with self-doubt or fear of rejection or just straight up rejection after rejection, this is for you. I invited my friend Camila Marshall on and this gal is incredible. She has such an inspiring story. I know that it's going to not only challenge and encourage you, but also I think inspire you and make you believe bigger. I know that you will walk away from this episode knowing and believing that you really can, even when it feels like you can't. Um, But before we even dive into that conversation, let me tell you a little bit about Camila because girlfriend has got it going on. And I think it's pretty helpful to kind of get a little context because she knows what she's talking about. She's had quite the journey. (laughs) So Camila Marshall has been recently seen and heard as support for the seven-time Grammy award-winning singer and songwriter Taylor Swift. Yes, the Taylor Swift, including the Reputation Stadium Tour, the 1989 World Tour, and the Red Tour. Since 2003, Camila has been one of the staggering harlots singing backup for Bette Midler in the Kiss My Brass World Tour and the Showgirl Must Go On at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Her Broadway credits include Rent, Disney's The Lion King, and the original cast of Hairspray the Musical, and reprised her role as a dynamite in Hairspray Live on NBC. She's appeared on Ellen, Jimmy Kimmel, Late Night with David Letterman, the Grammy Awards, the Tony Awards, Tonight Show with Jay Leno, the Oprah Winfrey Show, and many more. Needless to say, she has quite the journey and quite the experience. And her debut CD, Gypsy Moonshine, is available on iTunes and CD Baby. A bluesy country sound with soulful overtones, Marshall writes and sings from the depths of her wild-hearted spirit. Most recently, she can be heard featured on Vintage Trouble's latest single, Strike Your Light, from the sophomore album One Hopeful Road, which hit number one on the Japanese rock charts and moved rapidly into the top on the UK record charts. So... All that to say, Camila has such an incredible journey. She's such a talented singer and artist, and I cannot wait for you to hear from her. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive into this episode with Camila Marshall. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey. 
Hey, Camila, welcome to the She Podcast. Thank you, babe. So happy to be with you. Oh, it is such an honor. We should probably give the listeners a little context as to how we how we got connected because I loved what you just shared when we weren't recording, and I think that's really valuable information before we even dive into anything else. Absolutely. I was saying that I had um, taken a social media class, and they were talking about engagement and the importance of engagement and how it can really um, change the Instagram game. And I just started really reading posts, you know, not just scrolling by and double tapping at a picture, but actually reading captions. And your captions just grabbed me every single time that I Mm. just couldn't, you know, couldn't not say something to you. And then we just started like a little back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, I got to get this girl on the show. She is you're just you very you have so many I think to me, at least what grabbed me was again, you very use you using the social media platform, you know, very intentionally sharing your heart, sharing, you know, what you're involved in, what you're really passionate about speaking on. And then you opening up to me and saying, you know, I want to try to do that more. And then it made me really intrigued. So I started, you know, kind of digging in a little more. And I was like, this girl's cool. We got to get her on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so so excited. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. I love how social media can work. It's amazing. Um, but man, I have had, I'm so excited to have you here, not only because I just admire you and what you do and who you are in your heart, but also because we've had, you know, just a few artists and musicians on the show recently. And I love to just kind of kick off conversation by asking what you are listening to right now, what you are learning or reading. What's, what are you finding interesting? You know, you create a lot, I'm sure, but I'm curious, what about you? What do you like to learn from or listen Um, to? Let's see. Right now I'm listening to a lot of Maggie Rogers, who is kind of a new, um, I'm just a fan of her, what she's doing lyrically. I've recently found um, a guy named Lewis Baker, who I am obsessing over. Lewis Baker. Yeah, I found him on um, Spotify, and his voice is fantastic, but lyrically he is just moving my soul. It is so Hmm. intense. Um, he's, his storytelling is just amazing. So that's kind of where I'm at. But normally my soundtrack to my life is like old school music, Bill Withers, Aretha Franklin, a lot of soul music. Um, I'm kind of stuck in the late 60s, 70s era. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So cool. I got to yeah. check that guy out now. Lewis Baker, everybody. We yeah, got to go hit him up on Spotify. <laughs> okay, and, good and to know. currently reading Daisy Jones and the Six, which is uh, basically um, a story about a band, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. And it, it's the author's so great. She writes it almost like a documentary style, but actually they're not a real band, but you feel like you're kind of just going into the lives of like, you know, like a Fleetwood Mac or something. It's really, really cool. Wow. Okay. I'm going to check that out. And my husband's going to need to check out that the music suggestions that you gave because he is so much more musically talented and just understands that world more than I do. Like the word lyrically sounds way fancy for me. I'm like, man, that's like (laughs) language y'all use all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, I can talk about sentence and grammar all day long but we get into music and I'm not I I know what sounds good like I know what I like but I don't know anything about music and so it's always fun for me to learn from artists who are professionals at this and my husband loves to find new kind of artists that no one quite knows about yet or they're kind of up and coming so we're gonna have to check out your suggestions absolutely let me know what you think yeah (laughs) speaking of music okay let's let's kind of go into your story a bit here because I think this is really interesting I mean 
You have a long list of accolades to your name with a couple of Taylor Swift tours under your belt, appearances on mm-hmm. Ellen and Jimmy Kimmel and all of these things. And you even have your own solo album now. But I want to back up because that's a lot. And I know that I'm sure you have such a journey and I'd love to hear more about that. But when did you first start singing? Like, did you grow up in a musical family? Did you know, did you have a moment when you were like, I just know I meant to be a singer or was there something specific that kind of sparked for you or when did that all begin? Um, well, I was in, my parents put us and me and my brother in everything. So we did sports, we did gymnastics, dance. I really took to dance for some time and I didn't really have singing lessons. I wasn't, you know, one of those kids who was like, I started singing when I was two years old. Um, (laughs) I actually got into a few like kid pageants and talent shows. And there was always a section where you had to, you know, like sing your song. And I had um, massive amount of stage fright. And so the story, um, you know, my first memories of singing were always that I would go out on stage, they'd introduce me, my music would start, and I would kind of freeze looking at the mm-hmm. audience, and I would just start sobbing. And I'd mm-hmm. run off stage, and my mom, par for the course, this happened multiple times, um, <laughs> where my mom was backstage waiting for me with her arms open, and she would always look at me and say, you don't have to do this. I'm mm. not making you do this, mm. um, which I think is a really important, you know, in hindsight, mm-hmm. I'm like, I love that this was my decision, you know, and she constantly let me know this is up to you. Mm. Um, and somehow I would wipe my tears, go back on stage and every time would get through the song. And I think um, that was a lot of how I knew because mm. it was like my greatest fear And such a challenge for me, but something was always calling me to go through with it. And and so I just always felt like I have to do this, Hmm. you know? I think that's so cool. The, the, I guess the personal internal drive as a child, you know, to, to keep going, even when you had your own fears and your own mom was saying, honey, like you don't have to. And how powerful is that too, to know it was nothing ever forced on you or, you know, push. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know. I have experienced, you know, different times where I have such an internal drive for something and I don't quite know why. <laughs> and I don't quite know yeah. it's even something that terrifies me. Like when I, even when I first started speaking, I was like, I don't really want to do this. Meaning like I'm terrified, but I know I should, and I know I need to step yeah. into it and kind of going scared and showing up anyway, even when you're young and inexperienced and terrified <laughs> can yeah. change your life, can absolutely change your life. Yeah. I think we know that now that if it scares mm-hmm. us, that means we should do it. You know, I, I mm-hmm. like kind of lead with that now, but back then, I mean, this is one of my first challenges was at like five years old, six years old and something always, there was never not a time that says, I don't want to go back out there. It was always mm-hmm. like, let me finish heaving, sobbing, maybe put a couple of other kids on while I fix my face. And then <laughs> I got out there and you know, it wasn't always the best, but that accomplishment of feeling like, yeah, this is where I want to be, you know, or I did it was so, um, I just carried that with me through every single thing. So I've kind of always Mm -hmm. felt like performing or some sort of performing, singing, dancing was, was something that I wanted to do. I love it. Was there ever a point where that shifted where suddenly that fear, did it just like go away one day or is it just by doing it more and more and more, it slowly became easier like what was there a shifting point was there a turning point specifically uh no uh, not really um not really 
I don't think it, it I was scared for a very long time. <laughs> I can't say that I don't get nervous now. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of, you know, nerves, but, mm-hmm. um, just a determination, you know, mm-hmm. when I was young, I can tell this story we could, since we're starting, I was in a show, I was 11 years old and I had a solo. I was a character and had a solo. And at some point through the rehearsal process, the director had pulled me aside and said, you know, they actually said to me, she, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying you're not good enough and you're not good enough. And you can imagine the impact that had on an 11 year old girl with yeah. just dreams of wanting to sing and, you know, sing and dance and perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of gave us options and the option was, you know, you cannot be in the play or you can be in the play, you can say all your lines with your character, and we'll just give your song to another person. Um, and I looked at my mother, and she, you know, she said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to stay in the play. So I stood in the play, I, I stayed in the play, rather, and I hmm. I watched that girl sing my song every single hmm. night in the wings. And I think that was the thing that kind of just propelled me to say, this is what I, this is what I want to do, you know, and it's weird to kind of take that insecurity and that feeling of you're not good enough and turn it around for yourself because I don't think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I think it was something that I had in me since birth to just kind of like that just was a drive for me to say, I'm going to get in singing lessons. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to show that guy, even if I (laughs) never see him again, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's being told that you can't, that really makes you believe that you truly can. And, you know, it's sometimes what puts the fire in us even more. And I love that you were like, you know what, I'm going to be in this anyway, and I'm going to keep going and look where you are. I think that's amazing. And I hope that that, I know that that inspires so many, regardless of what their current situation is, or who might be telling them no, or might be telling them they're not good enough, even if that's themselves telling themselves they're not good enough. Did you ever, did you ever internalize that? Like, did that ever become you starting to believe maybe I'm not good enough? I know I've experienced that. (laughs) Absolutely. I want to say that I carried it probably until (laughs) four years ago. I mean, if I'm being honest, you know, I think what happened is it, it, you know, propelled me to want to be better always, you know, to, to never stop growing, to never stop learning, to stop challenging myself. So mm-hmm. I kind of went on to have these really cool things happen in my career. And mm-hmm. you would think that one would sit back on that and go, well, now I got to Broadway. So, mm-hmm. you know, I must be good. Right. And it just, <laughs> it just never, it was always something that was sitting on my shoulder. And mm-hmm. to this day, even though I don't have it anymore, you know, I've, I've made it uh, to mean that it was just a drive sitting on my shoulder, you know, Mm -hmm. and not that guy saying you're not good enough. It wasn't necessarily that I didn't believe in myself. It was just a tape that kind of played over and over in my head that just propelled me to always be like, but I can't, but I'm going to do it, Mm -hmm. but I can't do it, but I am doing this, you know? Yes. Yes. so true. So, it so happened true. for a reason. It's not my, it's not my favorite story, but it it turned out to be my favorite story. You Isn't know? that funny? <laughs> You're like, that was not my favorite moment, but it ends up being so pivotal in my story. I mean, I think we all have those and I love that you shared that. Um, okay. I want to just continue on this track because this is so interesting. You've been on tour with the iconic Bette Midler, which I don't even know if mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. <laughs> I always am like, yeah. do I pronounce everyone's names right? But um, tell me how you first started and what was it like to tour with such a music legend? Oh, my. Well, uh, it was a pretty extensive audition. I remember it was Easter Sunday. I was um, 
on Broadway in the show Hairspray. And we just had an Easter dinner, you know, as a, a cast. And I got a call from my agent, which is really rare on a holiday, on a mm-hmm. Sunday, to get a call yeah. about work. Um, and it said, you know, Bette Midler is having auditions tomorrow for one of her harlots. And those were her singer-dancer backup people that I had known about because my mother loved her some Bette Midler. So, Mm. you know, her records played in my house and her movies played in my house. And, Mm. you know, um, so I went to the audition. It was a really extensive audition, lots of singing, lots of different dance combinations. And um, towards it got a call back. We had to tell a joke. It was literally one of the things where, like, have a joke ready. And I was like, I don't tell jokes. And Bette Midler is one of the funniest people on the planet. I'm not <laughs> telling a joke in front of her. Uh, but I did. <laughs> and it worked. And I got the job. Wow. And I, um, I think what it was a master class. I mean, she's really a legend. And her mm. career has spanned not only decades, but her her artistry with records and movies and stage, you know, Broadway and it was, she's a masterclass. Her work ethic is amazing. I would say that's probably one of the things that was a big takeaway from me. Mm-hmm. Um, just her work ethic. And, and um, I think there is a bit of a different um, thing going on now in our culture now, but she's old school and comes from a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really just kind of took in her storytelling when she's singing a song I think that's become really, really important to me uh, to be able to connect with an audience. Um, I just think she's she's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm, that's awesome. I love that you touched on work ethic, too, because, man, I don't know. And like you mentioned, it, I mean, it, it is a different time, but I think it's so important to talk about. And I love that that was one thing that inspired you from working with her, just because I know it can be you know, we live in, I think, a very instantaneous world now, (laughs) a very instantaneous generation. And I don't think we want to do the hard work. We naturally are like, you know, I guess we don't want to have to go through the refining, right? Who wants to do that? But, you know, I think we can be so quick to see someone like we can look at people like you, like even anybody who's like, oh my gosh, like you've got to Broadway. And it's like anybody with a dream can sometimes forget the hard work that goes into it, the work ethic, the refining, the, you know, showing up day in and day out and the determination and the commitment to refining Mm -hmm. that skill, to making it better, to, you know, like you said, creating masterpieces. And that doesn't necessarily mean perfection. It means giving your ultimate very best and not expecting an immediate result. Um, One thing that I've been learning in this season Uh, just from book writing specifically has been that really good art takes time and it's ever evolving and never really fully (laughs) I don't think you're ever fully done you know but at the same time it was like man you you can I can write something and throw it up on Instagram and it be up in 0.2 seconds and if it's not I'm like what's wrong with Instagram right like it's not loading (laughs) um yeah man like now in our world it's so easy to have everything done and printed and shipped and whatever so fast But when you're creating a work of art, when you are refining your skills, I mean, it's a two, three, sometimes even longer year process at times. And it was, it can be so frustrating in the middle of it, but it's that continual grind and that work ethic that you mentioned that really does create good art and it takes time. And I want to emphasize that to anyone who may be listening and is chasing a dream or who wants to be an artist or who hopes to be an author or create really anything, you know, whether or not it's necessarily, you know, music or or books or anything. And um, I think we need it. We need to hear that more and we need to remember that things take time. (laughs) 
It's baby steps, man. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about a lot of things. I think I, I, you know, my thing is always stay curious and I've been that way my whole life. And it's just like, it takes time. If you want to mm. be great at it, you want to learn at it. And there's a lot of information, you know, yep. you do get frustrated because you want to know it all fast and do it fast, but it's so rewarding in the end. You feel like I've really worked for this. I've really, this is really thoughtful. You know, mm. I put time into this. So true. So true. Thank you to StoryWorth for sponsoring this episode. Everyone has a family member who always tells the best stories, like the one about the first neighborhood TV, or the boat trip across the Atlantic, or the hilarious college prank. Not only does StoryWorth preserve these narratives so future generations can enjoy them, but it also brings families together every week as they get to know each other better. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you never thought to ask. At the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. Strengthen your family bonds and get to know your loved ones in a whole new way. Here's how it works. You purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story, and all stories are kept private and only shared with family that you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. This is a great way to connect with your family, stay in touch, and bridge geographic distance by providing lively discussion topics. And you'll learn more about your relatives with questions that elicit entertaining, surprising, and sometimes moving responses. So disclaimer, mom, if you're listening, pause this episode and fast forward about 30 seconds because <laughs> I'm about to reveal a little secret here. Y'all, I am so excited to get this for my mom this year. I know it's going to bless her in so many ways and really bless our family. So if you are interested in trying it out and you think this would be a special gift for your mom or even for your dad, Father's Day is not too far away either, and you want to get $20 off, go to storyworth.com slash she. When you subscribe, you'll get 20 bucks off. I got this special little code for my, for my listeners, little discount for you, and I know it's going to bless your family and your life. So just go to storyworth.com slash she and get $20 off when you subscribe. Hey, hey, sister. Did you see? Own Your Everyday comes out in just two weeks. <laughs> this book has been described as the girlfriend's guide to a purpose-driven life, as well as a resource for the woman who is chasing after something more, but also trying to find purpose and contentment where she is with what she has. It's crazy because about 2,000 women have got to read this early, and I just want to share with you what a couple of them have to say about it. First, a review from a woman named Rudy. Just finish it and in tears. I can't wait to read it again, and I can't begin to thank you enough for this amazing tool for all women. I seriously don't think I've ever read a book that hit every part of life that I, and women as a whole, struggle with. I wish I could just buy 1,000 copies and hand it to every woman I saw on the street. Thank you and also a review from Cindy. I just finished an advanced copy of this amazing book, and it is such a fun and impactful read. Jordan is so honest and spoke straight to my heart. I loved how it was written, not because it was perfect English, but because it read like a conversation. I do think this is a must read for every woman out there. So please, girls, go pre-order this book. And I'm gonna echo that and say, please, girls, go pre-order this book. Pre-ordering is super smart because you won't actually be charged until release day on May 14th, 
and you get immediate access to some awesome bonuses like a coaching course with me where I help you sift through your best ideas and prioritize your projects and your passions, not just in your career, but also in your life. You also get access to a secret podcast episode where I am revealing all the behind the scenes details of the making of this book, including some of my most insecure moments in the process. You also get 20% off an item of your choice from my shop and early access to the first two chapters so you can dive in right away. But the bonuses end on May 13th, so be sure to go to jordanleedooley.com slash book to pre-order your copy and claim your bonuses. I can't wait for you to dive in. I know this is going to be just as much of a game changer for you as it's been for these 2,000 women that got to read it early. So just go to jordanleedooley.com slash book and grab your copy and your bonuses. Okay, I'm curious. I want to go a little behind the scenes because <laughs> I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit of the behind the scenes of the life of a musician. You know, we see what's on stage. We see the final records, all that. But is it all the glitz and glam, you know, or what's maybe a common myth that you'd like to debunk about being an artist, a support singer, or even a Broadway singer? Um, I think, you know, it's not all glitz and glam, of course. You know, I feel like I the things I love and crave most are like going to Target and hanging out with my husband and my dogs. Mm-hmm. And like, Same. You know, <laughs> I think it's, it's fun to be glam when it's time to be glam. You know, I sure. love sequins. I love lashes. I love all of that stuff. But I think over time you learn to kind of appreciate that moment for that and mm-hmm. really crave an everyday kind of normal, yep. you know, life. So mm-hmm. so that I would that's what I would say about that as far as myths. I would probably lump into what we were just talking about and just saying like a lot of people think that we're lucky. You're lucky Mm. you got a Broadway show. You're lucky you got that part or you're, you know, Mm. and I'm, you know, I don't, first of all, I don't think lucky because I believe in God and I Mm. believe that, you know, all of this was designed before I got here. Uh, But I I really feel like it's not, it's hard work. I I think when people say that sometimes it's really grates on me a little bit. kind of tap dances on my nerve a little bit because I'm like I worked hard and and sometimes that's going back to the girl who was 11 years old who said I'll show you you know it's like I worked hard to get that role or I worked hard to you know make my own project it's not that's not easy to do Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so I would say that's kind of like you know, but I think people see it because now people are getting discovered on YouTube and, yeah. you know, on an Instagram clip, which is like really cool. And those people, maybe they are lucky, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. most of the people I know are, are really hustling, really working hard. So that's probably something I'd want to debunk. Hmm. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. <laughs> it yeah. is so much hard work. And the thing is, I think even like you said, maybe they did get lucky. Even those who might have a, you know, a thing that, maybe unexpected or again like you said it's I personally believe the same thing that it's all part of a bigger plan that was there before so even if it seems or feels like luck to us there's a reason for it and I think it all comes down to how well we steward it right like you can get a great you know chance at something right and it might look like luck or feel like luck and so many people are not prepared for it or may not steward it well and so it can be gone just as fast as it came and so to aim for luck or to aim for your one big break is like 
Or you could just work really hard because if you steward something well, then the very best and the right thing is going to come from it, even if it looks a little different than what you anticipated. You know, you might think like, I, I my dream is to sing on Broadway and like praise the Lord if that ends up happening. But even if it doesn't, the right thing for you is going to happen as a result of your hard work and you stewarding your gifts. And so yeah, you really can't Say lose. It. <laughs> We're saying stewarding it. Stewarding <laughs> it. Right. That is so good. Hmm. I'm curious. Sorry, I'm getting all of, excited. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, I'm here for it. And I, I think alongside that with stewarding it and kind of celebrating the wins, but also taking the, the challenges as they come and continuing to, you know, grind and do the hard work and combine that grit and grace that we, I think we all need. Um, what is one of the biggest setbacks that you have encountered on the journey toward your dream of a music career? Because I'm sure there have been plenty, but I'm curious if there's any that stand out to you or that you're willing to share. Yeah, you know, I would say the biggest is what started it all, which is that incident I talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, you know, I was taught to expect the unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, And I was taught to, you know, really to to know that there is going to be a lot of rejection. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're I started my whole career in the theater, in live theater, regional theater, Broadway, and you go through so many auditions. Um, and you know that there's going to be so much rejection and to really Mm. kind of just, I won't say I'm immune to it, but Mm. I've now, I now know that there's just not a place for me in that particular show or in that particular thing, you know, and it's, you know, there is, you're too tall, too short, too fat, too skinny, Mm -hmm. uh, too black, too white, too, you know, just, there is all of that. And it's not personal. It's just you don't fit what we're doing here, but there is a space for you somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know it's probably easy for me to say right now. And anybody who has that kind of dream can't Mm -hmm. see that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm here to attest. I've gotten a lot of no's. You know, Mm -hmm. my husband always says it's a numbers game. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to get for all of those 10 no's. Here comes the yes, you know. Yes. Um, Oh, girl. I just want to I just want to park there for two seconds I don't want to cut you off but I think that is huge 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 because you know it's like I love that you said almost like prepare for a lot of rejection because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we're chasing dreams we know that that's a possibility but we almost want to ignore it and hope for the yes and I think that's great like hope for the yes but prepare for the no um because there's been so many times in my life and even in my husband's life I mean he tried to pursue the NFL football dream and Mm. you know there comes a time where you have to be wise enough to know like he what I appreciated so much about his experience in that space which is slightly different but it's still in the entertainment space and um you know he really persevered through several no's and, you know, not getting the call he thought he was going to get and then getting the call and then getting cut and all of these things and being laid out on his back after emergency surgery and just all these like hurdles, you know, and, um, it was one of those things where, you know, he was like, okay, I'm going to take the nose as they come and prepare for them. But there was also, he also knew when to draw a line in the sand, which I think is a really important thing to talk about because yeah. you know, I think knowing for yourself, what can you handle? And not that you don't want to not handle in terms of rejection. I think we have to learn how to really prepare for that, like you said, Um, but also knowing when you get so many closed doors, at what point is it wise to maybe shift directions or pivot or know it's time to, you know, start a new chapter. And so there's this like kind of, there's this wisdom that you have to, I think, bring to that space and, 
you know, when you really are chasing a dream and you get a couple yeses, I say, keep going. And even when you get no's, keep going. But I think having some counsel, like you said, like my husband, he's able to remind me it's a numbers game. Having those people in your life to speak into and say like, hey, hun, you've been at this for 30 years and you're not seeing any results. Do you want to try a different angle? Do you want to try to, you know, or whatever um, and give you some guidance? Because I think our emotions and our heart and our passion can be so hurt when we experience those rejections that we either want to prove wrong the people who told us we couldn't do it or we get stuck and neither one of those things is really going to propel us where we ultimately need to go and so I love that you said prepare for that rejection and know what your game plan is as to how you're going to handle it and you know kind of take it with a grain of salt and be wise as you do it (laughs) I think that's huge. yeah and surrounding yourself with people who will tell you the truth you know Mm -hmm. let's not be afraid of the truth let's really get to know our strengths and really get to know and understand our weaknesses because I think that's helped me too Mm. is to when when somebody says no because you weren't a strong enough singer in this area Mm. you know for me to be like well they don't know anything well maybe I'm not a strong (laughs) enough singer in that area that's okay do you know what I mean it's yeah. for me to either get better or never go to that area again. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's so, so true. It's really understanding that or having a, a friend or, you know, a, a partner who can look at you and just say, yeah, not that great. Maybe mm-hmm. you should rehearse it a little more, you know, and yep. being realistic in those areas is not a bad thing. It's only really going to help you and make you stronger in the end. But yep, Absolutely. not that great, but I'll give it a try. Yeah. You know? You know, honestly, and sometimes when you let things go to a little bit, that's not to say give up. There's a difference. But when you kind of let your um, control or expectations go a little bit, sometimes that's when the best things happen. I mean, that's been my experience, at least with writing and all of that. It's like when I got my rejection letters the first time we sent out book proposals, I was like, well, that feels awful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but kind of I kind of got to that point after getting, you know, one after the other that were no's. I was like, all right, maybe we should just table this for a little while. I'm not saying I just never want to try it again, but I think we just need to table it and let this develop a little bit more. Um, and later on is when it actually popped, you know, and it actually worked. And so, again, it's not necessarily that you need to give up, but it's asking people to speak into you, allowing things to grow and mature a little bit and maybe yeah. try again at a different time. So I love that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Handling rejection is so hard, especially when it's your passion and your heart and something you've worked your butt off for. Yeah. <laughs> so... So good. Okay. Speaking of rejection and kind of handling that and navigating the nose and being wise, I'm just curious, you know, has your faith helped you maintain stability during your journey? Since I know it can sometimes feel like a roller coaster. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think, you know, I'm always, you know, praying and listening um, to God to see if this is all supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Am I yeah. doing the right thing? Am I, you know, is this an open door from you? Should I be doing this? Should I say no to this opportunity that's come and look so, you know, glitzy mm-hmm. and glammy? Should I not be going into that door? Um, and, um, you know, having great spiritual people around me and faith-filled people around me, I think is super important. Um, I think really it's been about the belief, mm. the belief. And I don't know that back, you know, when I was starting or even for a while there that I really believed that things could happen for me or believed I should get this opportunity. And, you know, recently, I would say a couple of years ago, I started kind of this book um, mm. that I call the magic book. 
and you'll, you'll see why in a minute. Yeah. And I, you know, one day I was just talking to a friend and we were just believing for something and we're like, we should do this this year. And then I'm like, okay, let's do it. And we just started believing. And when I got off the phone with her, I got a journal and I wrote down 10 things of gratitude on one side, everything from big to small to like, thank you for this huge opportunity to mm-hmm. thank you for waking me up in the morning. You know, thank mm-hmm. you for my dogs. Thank yes. you for my husband. Um, and then I just wrote 10 things of gratitude. And then I started writing 10 things on the other side that were things that I was really, that I really wanted that maybe I was afraid to say Mm. out loud, you know what I mean? That I didn't necessarily know could happen or would happen. Just really outlandish. Like I'm going to book four solo gigs this year that pay really well. And Mm. I can't wait. And the difference Mm. in it being like a prayer, like, please give this to me or hope this happens. It was really like speaking it like it all, it happens. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't wait to headline this thing. I can't mm-hmm. wait to be in yeah. this show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And things started to happen. Girl, it was crazy. I mean, down to I had written, my husband and I were believing for a new car and I wrote down the specifics of the car like I was like black four door leather interior. Like I wrote all the specifics down and then I had gone to LA for a trip and I rented a car and that was the car they had for me. The exact car that I wrote down three days prior. And I was like, wait one minute. (laughs) I was like, God, you are crazy. And literally things that I was writing down started to happen. And Mm -hmm. I really believe that it was because I was writing it down. I was being specific. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I closed that book, I knew I was like, this is happening. It's great. And I think it was the first time that I was really believing, you know, Mm. that I was deserving of really great opportunities, that it was actually an option for me to have these opportunities. And just like, yeah, this is is where I am in my career. This is what's happening. Can't wait. You know, I think we forget. Oh, go ahead. I've still been doing it. No, I was just going to say, and to this day, I, I just looked at past entries and I was like, oh, my gosh, that totally happened. That just mm-hmm. happened. Oh, my God, this is so crazy. Wow. Um, so, yeah. I love that because I think it dares us to have, you know, outlandish faith. Like, to literally be like, we are kids. Like, think about how, what you know, it always reminds me when I begin to play small. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, I don't want to ask for too much. Or I don't want to believe too big. You know, um, it's not selfish. I think we can sometimes think it's selfish. And I guess it depends on what our motive is. Sure. But, um, you know, I think a big thing that I've been remembering and trying to learn is a lot of our, you know, we're like the last couple of our friend group that doesn't have kids. So (laughs) we're prepared. Um, but I've been around a lot of children and observing my close friends, parent, you know, toddlers and babies. And one thing that's so funny is these kiddos are not afraid to ask their parents like for these crazy things that sometimes you're like, really you know like is that necessary but they're four and they're not afraid and they know that their parents love them so much and have the very best intentions for them and there's going to be times they get no's because it's not the very best thing for them but they're also so well loved that if it's the right thing you know if it's a good thing for them their parents are going to do anything to you know set them up for life right and to use them and to prepare them and so sometimes that might mean like outlandish things that would be crazy for a four-year-old to even dream up but it's like man if it's just like we forget to have childlike faith I think and realize we are allowed to 
come to our dad and be like, hey, you've given me these gifts. Like I'm believing for these opportunities to use them in big, mighty ways. And I trust that you're going to do awesome things through them, you know, and just like lay it out there and let it live. And just I think I was just at a business conference, but there was a speaker there talking a lot about our belief. And a lot of times, you know, we believe like what we believe a lot of times will dictate where we go. (laughs) And obviously we can't control everything, but I think there's a lot of freedom in remembering like our own doubt or self-doubt or doubt that something good could happen. Um, You know, it's just, it's like, that's actually sometimes I think what's the most limiting thing. It's not even necessarily the circumstances. I agree. And when you say the childlike thing, that was also one of the things that came into play because I was saying like, when you listen to a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, a kid who just, when they talk, they actually believe that's going to happen. There's like, I'm going to, when I grow up, I'm going to live in a house on a hill yeah, and it's going to be pink and I'm going <laughs> to have dots. Like they talk <laughs> and when you listen to them, they're not lying. They mm. actually believe that is what's going to happen when they grow up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And at some point we stop ourselves. I don't know what age or what incident it is. We stop ourselves from having that like, well, when I grow up, I'm going to be in five Broadway shows and I'm hmm. going to win a Tony Award. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Why did we stop doing that? Hmm. You know, and I, yeah. and I do think it's, you know, when God sees us and it's like this feeling of like, it's truly the desire of our heart. I'm not afraid to say it out loud so much that I'm going to write it down. I'm going to close this book and I'm going to say, can't wait, God. If he doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. But Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you, there's been a lot of things happening because of it. And it's really um, just want to get people back to the belief part, the faith, the true faith in God and the belief in yourself um, that we really have the power to do, you know, the things we want to do. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm so glad you said that and shared that. And I hope I just, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm curious. You have your own project going on. (laughs) Um, Tell me what it means to you to create your own music and what's one thing you want to tell someone or you want someone to feel um, after listening to your music or seeing you perform. Oh, that's so good. Um, Well, that's, you know, I kind of would say I want you to feel whatever whatever you feel, I hope you do feel, I guess is what I would say Mm. uh, about my music. I've been really, um, I've had the opportunity to write recently for other people's records. I had a friend who put out a record. I had four rights on her record. And then I have two rights on my other friend's record that's coming up. And um, it's been really interesting to take myself out of it. Mm. You know, when you're writing for yourself, it's like the pressure of your record and your voice singing the songs and your, you know, and people are going to judge me, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. you've got going on in there. But when you just write it for somebody else, it really gives you a chance to observe it in a different way. Mm. And um, I just really like how, I guess I want people to feel encouraged. Um, I'm a big encourager. I really think it's one of my spiritual gifts. (laughs) I just Mm. think. It's my, you know, my mission here on earth every day to, 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 to let you know that you can. Mm. Um, and I, I'm in a season of writing about freedom, you know, and, mm. and, um, I just, if I could write about that subject a hundred different ways, I will. <laughs> I, just, mm. I think it's the greatest topic right now. And it's probably cause it's where I'm at, but yeah. I would love people to hear the music and hear my lyrics and just, know that there is a freedom waiting for you if you don't mm. have that if you're not on the other side of that you know mm. that there's this gorgeous freedom that's waiting for you 
um, and just encouraging people to find that, Hmm. you know, that's what I hope to, to give during any performance I do. Um, and yeah, freedom. I love that. Oh, it's like unrestrained is kind of a big theme right now. I mean, for me personally, I I needed to hear that. So thank you. <laughs> and I'm sure many of our <laughs> listeners do as well, because, you know, at least for me personally, it can sometimes feel like we can get constrained to our own expectations or perceived expectations of others. That's why I love what you shared about um, feeling like, OK, it's not my album. Right. So taking yourself out of it a little bit and being able to have that freedom to create can sometimes give us a different perspective on how much freedom we actually really do have when we create and when we chase yeah. our dreams and when we can just go for it. Um, and man, I, I totally believe you about the spiritual gift being encouragement girl, because you really are. And you have that voice that just owns like a, you can, I can, you can, let's do this. <laughs> and yeah. I love it. <laughs> There's just a place for all of us. I really, really mm-hmm. believe that I've, I've come into that, you know, not, I haven't lived that my whole life, you know, mm-hmm. and just keeping it real. But like in, now I'm just in a season, like it just doesn't matter. Just mm-hmm. create just do it. Just put it out there. You don't have to be the best at it. You don't have to, if that's what your heart is telling you to do, then just be free and do that. And you know, you will feel so great just even putting that out there and not judging yourself and you know, Mm, room for all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, girl, I am fired up. I am feeling like ready to go. I am so thankful for your just time and your talent and the willingness to encourage all of these ladies in the she community, I can't wait for them to check you out, check out your music, learn more about you. All that you're sharing online is so inspiring and so encouraging. Where can everyone find you? Where's the best place to come and say hey? The best place is Instagram. I am at Gypsy Moonshine. Uh, awesome. You can find me under my name, Camila Marshall, but Gypsy Moonshine is kind of like my soul name. My husband <laughs> gave it. that name to me years ago, and it just felt right. So Gypsy That's Moonshine. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, we will be linking you in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for cheering on our listeners and for being so encouraging. You are awesome, my Gosh, friend. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Did you hear? I'm coming to your city. Yep. I'm going on book tour, which is really more like throwing little parties around the country all during the month of May. And I want you to come join the fun. First, I'm heading to Nashville, where we'll have the ultimate launch party on May 14th. And then I'm stopping in the following cities, Indianapolis, Dallas, Chicago, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and Charlotte. If you're in any of these areas and want to come join the fun, be sure to grab your ticket because there's limited space at each stop and seats are filling up fast. Or if you're not in any of these cities, I've still got something for you. On May 13th, the night before launch day, I'll be doing a live virtual signing that you can tune into and get your book signed and personalized right there on the spot. You can literally watch me do it as if we were in person. Just go to jordanleedooley.com slash OYE dash tour, or click the link in the description of this episode to grab your ticket and save your spot for whichever stop or signing you want to be a part of. I can't wait to see you on the road, my friend. We're going to have a blast. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was. 
so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.